this is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Joyful Mama Show. Today, we're going to talk about something that you may not expect because (laughs) normally this time of year, everyone's just talking about the fun and the excitement and all the cozy, warm, happy feelings. But what we're actually going to talk about is the stress and the pressure that comes on moms at Christmas time. And I was actually just having a conversation with a friend yesterday and she said, Liz, I have a confession. I hate Christmas. (laughs) And we laughed and I said, okay, tell me why. I think I, I think I feel exactly how you feel. And she just started going into all of the demand that is put on moms to just do all the things this time of year. And it's like, you know, this is of course, separate from the reason for Christmas. And we love celebrating Jesus and his birthday and all of those things. We love the, the memories but it's really hard to separate that from all of the stressful stuff when it, most of it, if not all of it, falls on our shoulders. And I know in, in my house, it does. So Sarah, I think we should start by you sharing. <laughs> I think this is so sweet. How it is a little different in your house and um, how your husband actually does help play some some of the role. And I would love to hear from our listeners. We've kind of been starting with these questions of, you know, getting to know each other a little better. The question is, does your husband play a role in the Christmas season in terms of shopping, wrapping, decorating, doing the family traditions or does it all fall on you as the mom? That's the question. That question brings up a lot of other questions for me. It makes me think, okay, why, if it's landing this way in your household, whatever direction, whether you as the wife and mom are doing most of it or the husband is doing a portion of it, it leads to a bunch of other questions for me of not why if it's like, if it's all on the mom, it doesn't make me think, why are the men so lazy? (laughs) (laughs) Think, huh? Are women just running Christmas? Like, do we just have this projection of Christmas, American Christmas in our minds, and we all feel compelled to keep it going? (laughs) (laughs) And the men don't really care whether it, you know, most men don't really care if the traditions and the experience is you know, all these memories and, and whatever that we associate with it. Are yeah, are we putting them this mental, more mental load and burden on ourselves 
Because, I mean, of course, we all grew up with Christmas. We're Americans. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's part of our, like, core memories. Mm-hmm. We want this for our children, and it's fun, and there's so much, you know, quote-unquote joy in the season. So it leads me to, like, other questions of, like, why do we do this? This is part of our heritage. It's part of our culture. But I think every mom every year is like, oh, I don't want it to be as stressed as it was last year. <laughs> And yet, and yet we perpetuate it with our own two hands. I literally said this last night, like, Dave, I know this is on me. Like, I feel like I've bought into the system and I hate that I've bought into the system, but I keep doing it. (laughs) Why, why don't I stop? (laughs) And I think a lot of, I think a lot of moms feel that way too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in, okay, so in my house, my husband is the one who puts the Christmas tree every year. Him and the kids decorated it last night, in fact. I didn't do any of the decorating or bringing the tree, you know, into the living room with the box and the boxes of decorations. I don't, as much as I love decorating and as as much as I love making things beautiful, Christmas decorating to me is just not as fun. Like, I don't enjoy seasonal decorating it just doesn't get me jazzed and so for me (laughs) like it feels like a big expenditure of energy and because I'm so like I'm so clued into how much energy I do or don't have at all times because it doesn't give me energy and it seems to suck energy from me if my husband didn't like doing the Christmas tree inevitably I would be the one to do it but because he really enjoys putting up the decorations and gets really excited about it. And it makes him feel like a kid again. And like, Oh, all the good memories he had of childhood. I think that might be a key too. is a lot of us had hard childhoods, but we have good memories of things like Christmas or, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when the family was together and that's when it was fun and there was presents and hot chocolate and, (laughs) or maybe some of us have really bad memories of Christmas. I certainly have a couple of those, but um, I think the sentiment of Christmas is what gets him like, oh, I want to decorate, not even for his kids. It's not like, I want to share this joy with my kids. It's like, <laughs> experience that feeling all over again that he used to feel as a boy. Yeah. So if he didn't love to do it, I'm, I'm certain that I would take on the responsibility, but I'd probably wouldn't do it as soon as he did it. I probably wouldn't do it in the way he did it because I just don't have that much energy. But I think the com- so again, we get into like the comparison thing. It's even if you're sitting around just watching Christmas movies, you know, all the cheesy Christmas movies, everyone's doing all these things and there's Christmas trees everywhere and lights and like it makes you want to like, you know, be part of something like that in your real life. Mm-hmm. And- you're seeing it all over. It's being portrayed in all these like lovey-dovey, you know, <laughs> all type ways. Actually, the kids and me and my husband watched Miracle on 34th Street while they were decorating. And, you know, it's the same type of thing. It evokes like, oh, I want to have joy and I want to have happiness with my family and warm feelings. And so then we feel like we need to, you know, make this happen. And then like you and I were just talking about Liz before we started is then there's the pressure of like, well, are my kids going to get for Christmas what all the other kids got? And like, I'm trying to tone it back, but like, I also don't want them to feel like 
poor and like we don't give them things. No, so mm-hmm. we don't provide for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like especially the ones that you know, my older kids that have like teenager friends and school friends and things like that. And there's the the pressure of like when they all talk on Christmas Day, like after presents are opened, what'd you get? What'd you get? And, you know, if their friends all got like AirPods and gaming systems and Lululemon and Abercrombie, and then our kids are like, <laughs> I got some Target flannel pajama pants and a book. <laughs> and, you know, it's the pressure of, you know, them having nice things that they're going to be excited about. Cause of course you want Christmas morning to be like, as they open whatever it is you got them, you want them to be super excited and happy about it. But then you also, like, I feel like as my kids are getting older, I'm wanting to do things that are even more personalized. Like I want the presence to make them feel seen and known. And how do you do that through a gift? Like I'm all of a sudden wanting to get everything monogrammed (laughs) and like, it's like the craziest stuff. And of course I'm like, should I do less things in higher quality so that they have things that are going to be like nice and last, or do they care more about having more things that maybe aren't going to last forever? Anyway, it's just all this. And then I have to stop and I'm like, what is this nonsense? My Uh kids don't actually need anything. Like, yes, I could get them a monogrammed, like our, our son that's in high school. No, he's already graduated. Anyway, our, our teenage son, I'm like, he doesn't have anything nice for like, if he travels. So I got on Pottery Barn and they had a sale. It was like 40% off. Like, you know how men have those leather, like toiletry bags mm-hmm. that look nice. Well, I got one like with his initials monogrammed. And I'm like, this is the nicest gift. It's so thoughtful. And when he travels, he's going to have, you know, he won't have to put his, his toothbrush in like a Ziploc baggie. He doesn't care. <laughs> he's literally a 19 year old boy he's totally happy to put everything in a Ziploc baggie. So why am I spending money on getting him this nice thing that I think is nice when he really probably doesn't care and he would survive the rest of his life just fine without a Pottery Barn monogrammed leather toiletry bag or whatever they're called. Uh. So anyway, I just feel like permission granted to myself and to all of us, obviously it would take a huge, it would be really crazy to just be like, I'm done with the system. I'm not going to spend any money on anything that's not necessary. Like that would be kind of probably painful for everybody involved, but permission granted to like, let it look a little different than it has. And to actually have, I guess it would start with a conversation with the kids like, Hey, this is what the mainstream culture is saying Christmas is about. And this is the temptation for us to all like spend money. I mean, people even this time of year go into debt and put things on credit cards and like spend money they don't even have mm-hmm. in order to keep up with this image or to make their kids not feel. Sometimes it's not even about what other people think. It's truly about, I don't want my kids to feel like they're not, especially the, the families that do the whole Santa thing. We never did Santa, but how do you explain to a kid who believes in Santa Claus? Like, Oh yeah, Santa brought your friend <laughs> this, but you only got that. Like it's just so much. So anyway, I just feel like it's number one good to talk about so that we all know we're not alone if you're feeling like the pressure and the stress. 
But two, it's okay to have conversations about taking a little bit of a step back and taking a deep breath and just saying like, we don't have to totally (laughs) buck the system, but we also don't have to totally embrace it. And it can look different in our homes than it does on the Hallmark movies or to the Mm -hmm. next door neighbors or the friends in your class, whatever, you know, like you've got cousins and, you know, you get together for Christmas events and your presents might be different that you give your kids and they're opening them together, maybe at the same time. And, you know, or I know in my family, like I exchange presents to my sister's kids and she gives my kids presents. Her presents are always more expensive than the presents (laughs) I give to her four kids. You know, I only have two, but you know, I'm like, okay, I always have to tell myself it's her choice to buy more expensive presents. Like that doesn't mean that I didn't do, I didn't love her kids. Well, you know, like there's all this pressure, yes. like, well, they receive love through gifts. And so like, I have to really like make it amazing. And, you know, um, I don't want her to feel like I don't love her kids and I don't, you know, and you might not have the money to spend on all of these people that you're trying to love well, or you're hoping you don't like <laughs> make them feel rejected. Yeah, the cousins thing is hard because especially if you have a big family, it's like, how do you buy a Christmas present for every single cousin? Mm -hmm. But if you all gather and everyone else is like, you don't want to be the one who your kids are getting gifts, but you're not giving gifts. There's just so many unspoken expectations that, yes, it makes it very stressful. And then do you buy for the parents too? Like, do you buy for the brothers and sisters in laws and then of course the parents, the grandparents, and then at a certain age, your kids want to start buying for their friends. Well, my daughter was telling me today that her and her cousin, they're two months apart. Apparently they talked about this at Thanksgiving when we got together. Um, mm-hmm. she, she said, I don't know what I'm going to get my cousin for Christmas. I was like, well, you don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> no. And she said she only had $2. So she said, maybe we should just trade things that we already have. Like, I'll give you something of mine and you give me something of yours. And I was like, that sounds like a much better idea. Than- That's a great idea. I'm like, you guys are seven, you know? <laughs> so I think that if they can both decide on something that they are ready to give up to the other one, then they'll like exchange things they already have. But we've definitely had conversations over the years with my family of, you know, hey, we don't really have money to buy everyone in the whole family a gift. Let's just buy gifts for the kids. Or, you know, let's like, let's draw names and we each get one adult and we'll also buy gifts for all the, you know, exchange gifts yes. for the kids. Something, some kind of like manageable, or maybe there's like a $10 limit, you know, on stuff for the kids. But I know, I mean, I feel so old to be like kids these days, but <laughs> these days, like they all want technology and very expensive. Mm-hmm. So I've even been like, I'll give you a gift card toward what you're buying for your child. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like let me put some money into what you're already getting, and it you know will help you buy that thing that's really expensive. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So what um you know do you have any just closing thoughts, advice for the mom who maybe is feeling the overwhelm and the pressure? Yeah, I think that we need to give ourselves grace that we do not have this figured out yet. And we might never 
haven't totally figured out yet. <laughs> and every year we can go into it of like, okay, you know what, what should we, maybe we need to have those conversations with our spouses. Like before the Christmas season starts, like what should we do this year? I guess being open-handed with it, like we are with homeschool, like we are with our business and every other area of our lives. Like what should this season look like? And I definitely want to have that conversation with my husband of like, what kind of activities do we want to do? Um, What do we want to participate in? What do we not want to participate in? What's important to us this year? Like we've personally, our family has just moved to a brand new city in a brand new state. And, you know, what's important to us this year in 2022 is we go into 2023 and let's prioritize that over everything else. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, like you said, having conversations, bringing it up, like how you brought it up to your husband, like, ugh, I'm kind of disappointed. I bought into the system again and like not condemning yourself. You, you know, maybe did more than you wanted to do, or you in theory that you want to do for Christmas and for Christmas presents. But I've just kind of, you know, it is what it is. And also there's a whole month ahead of us almost before Christmas actually comes. So what do we want to do in that time? Yeah, that's so good. And I think that, I don't know about you, but for me, like, even though like, it's not that I, I feel like I went overboard or like did major overspending or anything like that. I just feel like no matter how little or how much, it still feels like too much or not enough. Like Mm -hmm. I never, ever get to the end of my Christmas shopping and wrapping and all that and feel like I nailed it. (laughs) It's always like, is someone going to be disappointed? Did I get more presents for it? And mind you with seven kids, there's this, a lot of the pressure for me is the balancing act of, is it fair? Not that it has to be equal, but like, is it somewhat fair? Mm -hmm. Did I buy more for the little kids and are the older kids going to feel like they got the shaft even though they don't need toys like none of them really need clothes so what do I get anyway I think what we all want is for the the feeling on Christmas is that people feel obviously we're celebrating Jesus we're celebrating the freedom that he brought the love uh, the family all those things but we want everyone to feel special and loved. You know, the whole point behind giving a gift is so that the person receiving the gift feels joy and feels love from the giver. And so I think that if we just take a step back and realize, and even have conversations with our kids, I think part of what gets so yucky about the system, systemization of Christmas is the entitlement. And I'm like, no, we're not even going to, you know, have a list of things you want because you don't need anything. And now I'm like, well, I was maybe a little militant about that, (laughs) but, um, but just having conversations around like every single gift, you know, no matter how many there are, no matter how much money was spent, each one was chosen with you in mind because you're loved and because you're special and bringing that back to the whole point of Christmas to step away from some of that, like, you know, it's Christmas. So I get to make a list of all the things I think I need or that I want. And then, <laughs> you know, and all the catalogs that come in the mail, this is actually funny. Like we got the Amazon toy catalog and Charlotte, who's five started circling things. And then my dad somehow found a number where you can call and talk to a pretend Santa Claus. It's like a recording, which we, like I said, we've never really done Santa Claus, but my dad let her call Santa and San- the recordings of Santa asked, what do you want for Christmas? So she told him and 
she said, well, I, I know you told me, <laughs> I know you told me that Santa Claus isn't real, but I talked to him yeah. and he said, my family loves me. So I believe him. And oh. then he said, okay, well, what'd you tell Santa? She goes, well, I ordered, she didn't say, I told him what I want. She said, I ordered a playhouse with a balcony. But I think that's truly like you say the kids these days, I think that they think like you make a list of the things you want and that's like ordering it. You know, if I say I want it, then I'm going to get it. And so I think the more we can just like have conversations around, I'm not taking orders. These are gifts, meaning you're not entitled to them, but I'm giving them to you because I love you and you're special and all of that. Then maybe that, I think that's where the pressure comes from. We feel like we're filling orders. (laughs) (laughs) we're we're trying to you know make everyone feel a certain way and things look a certain way and it's all so performance-based and that's really that's not what we want so yeah I mean it's kind of like the time of year where you kind of get embedded in you as a kid like now is my chance (laughs) now is my chance to get all the things I've ever wanted (laughs) and my parents are going to give me everything I've ever wanted the whole year and now's my chance, like way more than a birthday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, of like, I get to make this long list. I get to circle all the things and all the advertisements. And it kind of, there is that feeling, I think, for both parties, the kids and the parents of like, there's not enough. There's not enough. Like the kids mm-hmm. are never enough of what they w- truly wanted. And a lot of times they're disappointed at some level. And then you're feeling like you didn't buy enough, no matter how much you bought, like there could have been more, it could have been better. And so I think that's like what we're combating is that, you know, greediness and consumerism and that comes mm-hmm. season. it just kind of like, it's like there's a black hole and you, you just get sucked into it. It's like, yeah. what's that verse in Song of Solomon where they're like um, talking about, you know, the grave is never satisfied and um, I'm like Christmas presents lists. They're not- <laughs> mm-hmm. There's never enough. So I think teaching our, like you said, having conversations with our kids and teaching our kids of like what it's actually going to look like and what it actually will be and what to actually expect. And it's important because I know I have definitely in the past and even this year, you know, my kids doing their Christmas list that I even noticed in one of the advertisements we got, there was a space for a Christmas list. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my daughter starts filling it in, in the advertisement of what she wants. And she's looking back at the pages, you know, everything's super overpriced and expensive and having to have conversations about like, okay, hey, you're probably, you might not get anything on that list, just so you know, <laughs> just to be clear, there's a good chance none of those things on your list will be what we actually buy you. yeah so we're all finding the balance every year we're all finding god has for our families and yeah well we hope you ladies have a fantastic christmas with your families and that you feel the freedom to do what god has called you to do this year we will see you next time to get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with sarah visit the links in the description of this podcast Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts, so do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.